Walter White. Yeah, he's one of my least favorite TV characters, period. I feel like that's a ultimate white male privilege shining through at its finest, dude. More than this Batman? Was a complete more than Batman. Right yeah. there. He right there with Batman. That, that's a <laughs> that's right there. That is a great pool. <laughs> Nigga. Both of them are right there. I just feel like Walter White never had the best interest, maybe in the very beginning. He had his family's best interests at heart. But after maybe the first episode, bro. <laughs> that's, after the first episode. That's the first it. episode. <laughs> especially in the rewatch, man. That nigga, he was he was evil. Oh, like anybody man. that he even came across, he ruined everybody's life, bro. Every, bro even Gus, bro. like they called a super villain. Walt was the villain in that situation. Gus was minding his business. Had his big dog operation. Oh, he had it all planned out, and Walt came out of nowhere and raised hell in that man's life. Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you hate Gus because you 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 spoke about previously how you hate when they try to make you feel feel bad for a character? They did the little flashback. I like Gus though, is it because of the prequel? When he cut his cut his homeboy. Yeah, like like during the what is it, around the swimming pool or whatever, and like they had a little flashback or whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't feel sorry for him though. I didn't feel like they were trying to make. I just okay. feel like that's what made Gus a dog. I I I always appreciate when they kind of show how a character comes to where they are, like the back the origin stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was one of the dopest scenes in Breaking Bad. That one right there that kind of sets you up for how cold Gus was. And how much he hated the uh, Salamancas. Ah, yeah. Have you ever read the conspiracy theories behind that? Did you see that that was like supposed to be like his boyfriend or whatnot? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, wait. man. The Reddit thread gets deep, bro. Like you bro, gotta read the Reddit thread about that. That's, do you gotta pay for something? Because I always get the sign up shit, and I'm like, I ain't signing up for nothing. I got enough <laughs> nah, Reddit, streaming shit. Reddit, <laughs> yeah, Reddit is free. It's a good information site. Uh, it's, it's like I always describe it as Twitter for nerds. So like what it is is you have these different subtopics that you sign up for. Like I do all my favorite TV shows, mm-hmm. and what you get is the people that dive super deep in, that mm-hmm. zoom in on the screens, that that look at this shit twenty four hours a day and come up with theories. You get a lot of them in the same room bouncing stuff off each other. You can pick up some interesting tidbits from the show. I use it for Game of Thrones, uh, Breaking Bad, Saul. Succession. It was real mm. good for Westworld and Lost. Mm. Westworld. Did you watch Westworld? Nah, the, a dude at work was was breaking it down for me. That first, they say, they say the it's not that good after the, the first season. That first season is one of the best seasons of TV you gonna watch. After uh, that, it falls off a cliff. Okay, because a lot of people say that it had one of the best uh, 
what is it called? Reveals. You know how they do the big reveals? Like with Thrones had the hold the door shit. The big mm-hmm. reveal type. Oh, man. Well, Westworld reveal. season one. Westworld season one probably had top three reveals in TV history. What? I was completely shocked. Oh. Like, oh, it was one of those. Like, oh, I think I know. It went like, oh, shit, for real? It I was think one I of know. those moments. I know the reveal. You probably do if you It's because of Mojo.com. Is They're on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Damn. Damn, that would have hit different. That would have hit, hit different. Because watching that shit from the beginning, and he was like, because he was the first character that they, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. He was the first character that they introduced you to. So you really thought that was like a human. And when they that's hit you with the odds, right? He a robot too. It was like, what, nigga? I, that's why, bro. That whole hold the door shit. And we go get to hard. it, but that that, that was, was one of the hardest. Crazy, yeah. like I tell you what, too, and y'all don't laugh at me, but like mm. I watched Gossip Girl back, you know, in my mm. mid twenties, whatever. So y'all might laugh at me, but I be into like certain <laughs> <laughs> certain type of shit because I just like kind of like uh, emo- things that provoke a certain emotion, whatever. But uh, the big reveal at the end that like the main character was Gossip Girl this whole time. Even though there's some I don't like, I think I seen that shit. Yeah, that's like some. New York was a little letter and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I but I think that there was like some discrepancies on like how that was possible. People talk about it, but that's like after the fact. At the time when I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. They had the girl voice, voiceover, and everything. Like crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Did you watch Lost? Oh yeah, I only went through it one was whole. One of those... It's hard to watch again. I tried to watch it again. I got out of there maybe. Because each season's like 28 episodes. It's like, Brian, yeah. 28 episodes of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no rewatch. It's good. Nah. But to my point, that was one, another one of those shows. Where, like, you wondering what's going on and reading the theories and shit. That was actually the first one mm-hmm. for me as far as that. But I, I just, that those type of shows where you guessing and there's theory to it. Game of Thrones did it the best, but Lost was up there. I loved it. I love theories. Like, especially, I watch... Uh, it's like we did. We doing the show in reverse. We are in the ultimate, uh, alternate universe. <laughs> we doing another week in the books in reverse here. But uh, I watched like '90s uh, or like cartoon theories that will ruin your childhood. And so, mm, I've seen they, that yeah. So I watch stuff like that, like especially the one I got about what, like Winnie the Pooh, or like each of them like represent. Wild, it, yeah, yeah, like represent a condition, depression. like depression. That shit was crazy. I believe it though. But you yeah, see the ones about the Disney's not having the mothers. Like look up. Oh like, no! You know none of the Disney characters damn they had their moms in. It. Bro, send that to me after. <laughs> I, I send it over there too. <laughs> but this is another week in the books, man. I am Spike Lou. This is what you gonna get when you tap in with me and my man Mo. What up, Mo? And what's good with y'all, man? Another week in the books, man. You know how we do it. And this is the podcast, by want. the way. This is a podcast. This is what we do over here, man. <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised when you tapped in. You ain't getting all the. Uh, the uh, normal norms that you get from the podcast. And I've been getting a lot of good feedback from that, Mo. So you keep doing your thing on the editing tip. And we're going to keep this thing rolling from a conversation tip. This week, we talk about the news, how you consume it, why you consume what you consume, mm-hmm. where, what, who, how, and how it affects us as we operate in our day-to-days, man. But before we get there... Every week we do off the deck, off deck, excuse me, I'm ruining your show titles, off deck, uh, a playoff on deck TV show as far as with me and my guy AB go over the latest and greatest in hip hop news from a southern 
standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mo asked me each week about some of the stuff that he's seen on the show. Long time listen, man. Oh, yes, sir. What you think about this week's episode, man? We got to our top five Southern influential albums. And that wasn't a ranking either. I know people are probably going to come out uh, my head, but it yeah. wasn't like my top five. That was just five of because I plan on doing a YouTube series with my guy, Big Jeff. And we're going to uh. do the top 25 most influential from the South albums over the holiday weekend for the fourth. So be looking for that. But those were just five of those. Oh, yes. I love it. The plug is there. Um, Absolutely. I'm surprised y'all didn't have no Florida albums. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because we can go on a deep tangent. But I'm surprised no Florida albums are in there. Uh, but that might be something you probably visit once y'all do your thing. Uh, but the off-deck question of this um, week. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, for Florida, I couldn't. I don't know what the marquee album for Florida would be. I had to check out with my man Durb and see what, like, if well, I had to pick one album, the marquee Florida album, what would that be? Well, y'all It'd probably be a. Go ahead. Well, y'all had said y'all actually did. I, I think y'all did a Florida bed. Yep, we did. And there's a particular artist is like a, one of the least likely people that you would bring up, but the way I was giving it up in that episode, I ain't gonna reveal. <laughs> I ain't gonna reveal. I hope it ain't, hope it ain't Ace Hood. Oh, <laughs> Ace Hood, Jesus, bro. <laughs> Why we do this? Every Ace Hood is heat, dog. Hey, y'all, man, what can you get? Can you get them to email? Can somebody please email us in the the true Ace Hood fans out there or Ryan Leslie fan? Because Ryan Leslie, I'm still putting the feet to the fire for y'all. Please email in. I can't believe, I can't believe you put an S on that. You should say the the true Ace Hood fan out there. Can you please email me? <laughs> oh, so I'm emailing ourselves, huh? <laughs> so you essentially just gonna shoot yourself an email <laughs> with a fake email. What we looking for? Yeah. That's hilarious. But what was the off deck question? Uh, but the off deck question of this week, y'all were speaking about the double uh, XL freshman list and the lack. And Animal Brown had said that he felt like there was a lack of originality, which is kind of something that we see a lot of now. Uh, just in the game because it's it's really structured like a business, I feel like. so. But the question that I wanted to ask is, how important is it to be authentic today? Do you think that's a, a valuable thing? Like, do people still have to be authentic or they can essentially in real life just play a character long, no matter long as they're consistently playing what they want people to believe they are everywhere they go? Right. Does authenticity right. even matter now? That's a good question. And what I would say is it doesn't. And I can't necessarily call it bad or good, but it depends on what you want from a career, right? So if you're looking to take it to a J. Cole, a Kendrick Lamar level, or Drake, the people at the top dog, mm-hmm. I would say that those guys are authentic. Those are authentic guys. They They stick to their brand pretty well. The people that aren't authentic that we're referencing in these XXL magazines, like as far as the newer class and what older guys like Manuel Brown and myself would say is that all the rap sounds the same. Them, I feel like if you're checking boxes and just want to be have a good rap career, you want to have shows and get booked, then you don't have to be authentic. You can sound like Future. You can sound like this nigga. You can look that part. And then people are so invested via social media, like I was saying, they're so invested 
in the things outside of music. Oh, he gang gang. You mm-hmm. look like me from the same place I'm from. They see those similarities. So, no, I don't think that authenticity matters as much anymore. And if we're being real with it, the less authentic you are, the less work the record label has to do. Like, if they know that this work and little Baby looks like this and little Baby sounds like this, then we can just pull another nigga that's from wherever the fuck and make him look like little Baby and try to sound like little Baby and make it look like he's doing the same thing, and then boom. So... I don't think that record labels are as invested mm-hmm. in authenticity. Like it ain't like who is it going? Like it's just it comes off like it's more work, more work that's going to be worth it in the long run. But yeah. waiting for a Kendrick Lamar, or a J Cole, but uh-huh. if you're looking for that quick bag and I want to put somebody on the road right now and we're trying to get ten, fifteen thousand a show, mm-hmm. then no, you don't have to be authentic. Mm. Uh, how does that? How- how do you think that affect, does it even affect the consumer? I guess that's the question. Does it affect the consumer at all? Or are they just not that invested and not here for authenticity? And then a part two to that, we talked about a few weeks back about like, and you and Animal Brown as well, influential artists. And we talked, me and you talked more specifically about kind of, in a way, attaching like kind of their look, attaching maybe some of their behavior, some of their mantras. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is a device to for a consumer that looks up to them to be inauthentic as well, or do you think they just believe it? I think that they just believe it. Like it's a getaway, right? Like I went mm-hmm. to a um, I went to Pusha T's concert yesterday, an amazing concert, and. <laughs> You know, people have their favorites in our group chat. I showed the venue or where he was in the stage, and the nigga responded to shout out to him. Actually, he was like, damn, man, I feel sorry for pushing T. He performing in the living room. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And he's saying this in the sense of like comparing him to Future or Drake or J. Cole or whoever it may be. Like, he was at center stage here in, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And center stage, I would say it probably holds about. It was probably a thousand people in there. About ten. It was about at least thousand, maybe fifteen hundred people in there. It was, mm. but you know Drake ain't gonna do that venue. You know that Future not gonna do that venue. Mm-hmm. But you also know that Pusha T been doing this for damn near thirty years. Mm-hmm. That man like forty three years old. And he came in there, he looked young, he looked fresh, he didn't look old and tired. Yeah. And my point that I'm making with all this is he's never really tried to do what other people are doing. Here we are 30 years later, and he's still putting a 1,000 people in a venue. It may not be 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. It may not be a big uh, arena. But I've been doing this for 30 years, and I'm still packing a venue. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way of mm-hmm. what authenticity means as far as longevity. Because everybody can't say that and do that. Everybody can't be in the game 30 years and uh, still pack a house like that. And he does this neat trick, too, where he'll, he done the, the majority of the, the songs on his set list or whatnot. He does all thank you, good night, you know, I'm, I'm pushing T, I'm out. It's real abrupt. I'm like, damn, man, nigga's just dipped. He ain't really got no personality at all. Like most of the times you go to a concert, niggas talking in between the stages. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, welcome. To the, glad to be here in Atlanta or whatnot. Tell you a couple stories. Nah, Pusha T was just there to rap. Real persistent. And he does his neat trick. Like I say, boom, I'm out. 
and you kind of standing there left is like, well, shit, that was it. Like, man, that nigga played the hits, but like that was quick. Then he has this little hype, man. It's kind of like, I know y'all ain't going nowhere, are you? Like, y'all didn't think it was over, did you? And he'll do that, then push it to your comeback out to give you three more smashes. <laughs> and then after those three more smashes, all right, man, for real, this time I'm out in Atlanta. It's been great, man. I'll see y'all later. Lights come on. Everybody looking around, wondering, is this the time? Give it a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Nah, that ain't it either. Lights go back out. He comes oh, back out. Shit. Three more smashes. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, goddamn. Nigga, I already did 30 songs. Left came back, did three more. Left came back and did three more. And my point to all that is, like, he could have stood there and did the whole songs the whole time, but the leaving and coming back affecting you thinking as a fan, like, damn, this nigga dude got those hits. Because when he came back, every time mm-hmm. it was like, to- toast to the assholes. It was like don't like. It was like monster shit that he yeah. had done. I seen your I seen your live too. And this is at the end. So you thinking like this adds some credibility to his catalog for somebody to go in there play and push it to you like well, damn that nigga did 30 songs, new shit, and came back out, smashed it two or three more times on the curtain call with old shit. So I say all of that to say him being authentic, his whole career has taken him there. Yeah, and you may laugh at me because I ain't selling a million first week like Drake or I ain't doing 30,000 in a venue. But what I am doing is I'm good as fuck at this. He was very precise to rapping. Like I said, he was no nonsense. He ain't really coming in there to, oh, I'm pointing at the ladies and rapping to it. Nah, my nigga, I'm coming here. I'm giving you these bars. It's 30, 35 songs. You're going to have a two hours. If you fuck with me, you're going to love this. Boom, and we're done. A lot goes to that in him being his authentic self and trusting in what he does as far as being Pusha T and not trying to view away from that and instead being looking like the old flabby fat rapper that can't pack out a venue. Mm-hmm. I think people that go in there know and expect that perfection from him and he damn sure gave it to him. It's, 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 I feel like it's that dope boy energy true to life right there. Because it's like... Mm, what you mean? Okay, well, we're going we gonna, we gonna to put it on the pot. Mm-hmm. All right, it's rocked up. We ready? We gonna go and wrap it up. We got. We gonna. We gonna. We gonna cut it down. We gonna bag it. Right. Like ah, but I still got a little residue here. I got a little. Hold up. I'm, I got a couple. I got a little got bit some, more. I got some overs. I got some overs. I got a little step. I got a little. I got a little bit to serve. You know what I mean? I feel like there's mm-hmm. maybe one thing that way. Maybe he was, but it feels like that to me. Like if, and I think that is really dope. Like, and then also he's a professional. Like. It's crazy because he's rapping, but when he does, he has one. He's one of those people that I really look forward to his interviews because I like that, that. because I like the way that he speaks. He has a certain artistic way of speaking, like he knows he's better. Like because yeah. you know you know what I mean. Like it's that subtle. It's odd that you say that because that's <laughs> the reason I went to the concert one hundred percent. Like the professionalism. Of him, like, like he take being a rapper fucking serious, mm-hmm. and I ain't talking about it in a sense of drinking, lean, having ice, and like just the, the, the goofy shit. I'm talking about like, now nah, my nigga, I'm gonna out rap you. Like if we both showing up writing 16, 32, yeah. 48 bars, mine are gonna be better than yours, and the people that listen to rap are gonna know that. That's what he's on. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for that in the concert because, like you said, I enjoy his professionalism too, and that's what he was, bro. The consummate professional came out on time, dressed in all white, looking godly like you would expect. <laughs> Big ice diamonds on, like 
all the energy that you talking about in interviews, that's what it was. And it was abrupt. It was quick. Boom, boom, boom. I ain't here mm-hmm. to do all this extra shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't here to do all this rap shit. I'm just here to rap. And he threw some jabs in there at the end. Like, it don't matter. Like, Grammy of the year, album of the year is what he was saying. And best rapper alive, flat out. Like, ain't nobody <laughs> doing this like I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. I may not agree with it, but I mm-hmm. definitely respect it. And, and I respect it, too. And I do not agree about that outfit. I'm Pusha T style, like, like outfit, man. nah, man, his style so wishy washy, bro. I don't, I don't get. Dang, man, get out of here, get out of here, dog. Ain't no dope it's boys wearing that. Niggas lying like a mug. Be saying, Virginia, stop. Have you ever been to Virginia? Niggas in they, Virginia is weird though. We're weird <laughs> style in Virginia. Like Chris Shout Brown, out my Virginia guys, man. Chris Brown, my yeah. Man. Like take a look at that nigga. Look at but him. That, but but his, his style fits. He's like an artsy kind of guy. Like but but like Pusha, I don't know like, what he be wearing, bro. AI. None of them niggas okay. can dress, bro. I mean, yeah. athletes. <laughs> athletes can't dress. <laughs> we, we just LeBron now getting some... Fl- huh? LeBron can dress. LeBron I mean, he he dress. just started getting good at this. He probably has a stylist. He just got good he at got, this, literally. Got got Once he got his hair back, he got he got style. Mm, hair back is still pending, though. I mean, he, I mean, he on the barbershop confident. In the, <laughs> he on the shop confident in the mug, bro. Authentic out here. <laughs> Seriously, man. Nah, but uh, but yeah. Shouts out to Pusha T, man. Uh, I love that. Uh, Absolutely. I want to. I want to ask on that too. How important? And me and you had a conversation. It's up to you if you care to share. But me and you had a conversation about in a form of talking about authenticity and kind of identity. How important is authenticity to Spike Lou, you as a man, and how you carry yourself in various roles from son. You know, uh, significant other, black man, businessman, creator. Like, how important is that to you, or is it more important to get on or be successful, quote unquote? Um, no, nah, it's very important being authentic because I'm I'm I don't operate well not being myself. Like, I ain't performing at my best if I'm not my authentic self. And one of the things to me bringing my therapist up again, I got some calls. I, I know he, I, I might have to take 10% from the referrals that I give him for even a call and asking about my therapist and the good jewels that he give. Mm. But shout out to him on this. He asked me, he was like, what's your, uh, your mission statement for your life? Real casual. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Mission statement. And he was like, well, I mean, you have to have a, a center point, a, 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 you have to have a place where you can go to every time that you know, it's going to be consistent. You have to have a, I'm, I'm it's, I'm, it's failing me right now. What I'm thinking of, but a margin line, mm-hmm. there has to be somewhere that's going to be consistent all the time. And how you do that, he said, is you come up with a mission statement for your life. Like mine personally is I got this. And, and what that means is like, shit get difficult. Feel like that you don't want to do some shit, or you feel like you can't do some shit. With everything that I've learned and I know, I got this, or I can figure it out. I got this. Any way to come up to it, I got it. Even if shit don't go my way right now, I'm gonna figure it out later. And I got this. I got this. Those three words. That's the mission statement that I live by. So even when I get frustrated, mad, upset, I got this. A couple deep breaths. Just how you reset yourself. Okay. So to answer your question, as far as staying on brand and authenticity, I feel like in order to come up with that mission statement, you have to know what your brand is to yourself. You have to be authentic to yourself. You can't be a lie. Like if that mission statement is a lie and you 
doubling back to that, then you're just going to be more and more frustrated. Because now you're regurgitating, repeating the lie that's supposed to be your baseline. So you have to be very authentic and you have to um, know who you are as a person to come up with that mission statement. And it's all right that you ain't maybe where you want to be or you ain't that person that you vision in your head that people want you to be. Don't none of that shit matter on the day to day. What matters is being in the moment, telling yourself your mission statement and pushing through. And it takes authenticity to be that. Does it, um, is that okay? So when he says that, your question, yes, it's important to me. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it is important. And, and me as well. Me as well. But uh, the I wanted to ask a little further with that mission statement concept, because this might give people some, people might, you know, start trying to figure out their own mission statement. Is that a thing to lean on just in like a, um, a right now thing? And literally everything you do is a right now thing because you're living in real time. Or is it like a life mantra? Because. I got some things that I kind of live by. I have like an overall thing, like before I'm gone kind of thing, a slogan or phrase or a code to live by. And then I have like smaller things that I live by kind of similar to I got this. So is that like, I guess, what do you, is that a way, is that a comforting thing for it for people people should have that for comfort or confidence or what should they have that for what you're like exactly what you said confidence you want that as your guiding that's your lighthouse Mm. so like you you out there your ship going wherever it may go in the city that's your constant that's the word i was looking for that your constant is your mission statement Mm. whether it be motivational Mm-hmm. When you need it, whether it be goal oriented, when you need it, it should be all encompassing because essentially it's what you came up with the mission statement for your life. So like mm-hmm. when you say you have one for your long term goals, you have one for like everyday mantras that you may do for meditating. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I may not be right. I don't know. I'm just speaking from what I heard and how I digested and regurgitating it. But I think this supersedes that. So mm. this is your everyday fabric, how you respond to damn near everything. Like literally what I try to put in my head, either whether I'm responding positively or negatively to something, whether I think I can do it or I can't do it. I've try, I'm trying to train myself to say, I got this. Even before my thoughts start. That way I'm centering myself and I know I can think about it how I want to think about it. I ain't flustered. I ain't rushing because somebody else want me to think about it this way. I ain't frustrated because somebody's not agreeing with my opinion. Yeah. Take a minute. Hold on. I got this. Think. Proceed. So it's like, to answer your question, an everyday thing, I feel like. Okay. I like that. I, I'll speak to that a little bit. Uh, my father-in-law actually, um, well, we were on different terms at that point, but. Wait, wait um, before you say that, though. Yeah. My mom remarried to, do you call your father-in-law dad? No. Nah. Oh, well, actually, that's your wife's dad, right? Yeah. And we got tight like that, but never. Do you call him dad? Never. Nah. I got close to pop <laughs> once. I got close to pop. Like, Do you think he'd be offended? No, nah, he understands because he respects, he has always respected the position. He never like, you know what I mean? I, still, I just call him mister, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and that's just how it always been, you know, because I, I ain't comfortable. Other cultures like do that though, right? 
They do do that. Do, like, I always see white people say, hey, that's my dad. Like, yeah, it's all good until you do something that's dishonoring the family. Then you're, no, that's my <laughs> white, that's my daughter's husband. Whack job of a husband. You know what I mean? So it's like, nah. I, but set aside that, um, well, he gave me a few things. So one of the things he gave me uh, is uh, if you keep it simple, it'll never get complicated. Every time I go to that all the time, because you'd be like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And then before I get to going and getting mentally, like I got to take care of this, especially we about to move in like 30 days. I just keep saying, if you keep it simple, it'll never get complicated. But it starts, you got to keep it simple. So that's one thing that helps me. Another thing is, as far as being patient, he, he said, sometimes you got to sit through some things. And I've had so many times I want to get up and leave or go do this and do that. And, and then, but it's like, I always play that back in my head. Sometimes you got to sit through some things in life. You, you can't always be like, man, they need to hurry up with my double cheeseburger. Damn. They need to hurry up in the, the grocery store. Damn. They need to hurry up at the car wash. Like sometimes you got to sit through some things. That's just a part of the game. That's a part of life. And that helps me a lot. So before I start getting like, flustered as most people do when traffic or whatever the case is i just remind myself that sometimes you got to sit through some things and uh but my ultimate uh and we can move on here but my ultimate mantra that i really live by when i i've spoke about you know legacy and my whole thing is gone but frozen in time and that is basically essentially what is the word Post- posthumous I guess Posthumous, that's the word. Yep. Posthumous. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever used that word until now. Yep. Uh, posthumous. So in posthumous. A, posthumous. So yep. uh, that's ultimately my goal is where my presence and what I've done and created and left behind is so strong. You still can't wrap your mind around the fact that I'm gone. Like, uh, like a Nipsey Hussle, like a Tupac, like where it's like, damn, I, it, I mean, Tupac now has been a long time, but Nip still for me is like, damn, he really gone. You know what I mean? I still, Kobe, he really gone, but it's like, nah, but I still see his highlights. I still be hearing these stories. Like, I still ain't wrapped my mind around the fact that he's gone or like, you know, like a Bernie Mac or, or who, you know what I mean? They got television shows that you, or like James Gandolfini from Sopranos. Like, so that is my thing is, is leaving behind a legacy. So I keep my, I keep myself reminded that everything I do, you want to leave something behind that it's almost like, damn, it's like I still can't wrap my mind around he's gone because he's everlasting with his uh, work that he's left behind, his relationships. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> as far as, I mean, because <clears throat> death is a thing as 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 far as we still don't know how to process it mm-hmm. as humans, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's something that it comes and we deal with it and people – like, I was talking to my homeboy, Nick, and he was like, man, I don't want to get old, bro. He was like, I'll be, if I'm out of here at 50, I'm cool with that. Bitch, because I ain't trying to be out here, like, struggling, not able to drive, everything look fucking difficult. And I feel like it's because people don't know what's on the other side. Like, people wouldn't say that if they yeah. knew what was on the other side, but not to get too deep into that. But yeah, I, those, a couple of those, I'm an impatient person, man. I'm very impatient. <laughs> so that, that sit here, wait through this, like I, sit I through some things, that, sit through some things because I'm patient because I'm analytical, 
Like I'm thinking, like if you if there's something that's causing a delay or something, I'm like, well, how in the fuck is this happening? Like, if I'm here at a restaurant and a motherfucker's taking out there with my food, I'm like, well, how do they even have this job? Like, why they work? The hell, bro, man. Like I'm not in the sense that they shouldn't have, but I'm just wondering what's taking so long. With my, are you new here? Like, do you not Nigga, know do stuff? You, you like, terrible. What's going on? You terrible, bro. Turn the damn computer off of your head, nigga. Damn. Yeah, like how, how, ain't even no computer. I'm just wondering. I think these. I thought that this was normal for people. Like I, I'm oh so impressed, bro. God, I that's why you. That's why you drive, bro. That's why I'm glad you I don't drive. Like, because you said these. Now, if it's fast food, sure. But like, if you sit down at a restaurant, it's like nigga yeah, be I, like, I damn, hate, bro. I hate waiting. <laughs> the waiter like it take too long and i i have to like i'm looking around for you oh my god that's uh, what's what's Why long I gotta look around for them what's a long uh, wait what's a long wait with no appetite it, like. it, it really ain't even a timing thing it's more so like are you available when i need you like if i need something i ain't trying to be waiting four or five minutes for you to pop up then you gotta go get what i need now my oh oh or you didn't okay. bring out whatever I asked for with the food. Now you forgot. Now I got to find you when you come um, back and ask the food. Okay. Now you got to go find whatever I'm looking for. That's why I try to keep my shit real simple. Chicken okay. tenders. Why did I know this nigga was going to say chicken tenders? That's why. No wonder you mad. <laughs> nigga, he's like, bro, I could have got here, me some, some nuggets from McDonald's. You taking this long? Yeah, I could have got this shit at Chick-fil-A. Nigga, y'all taking forever. Oh, there thing. But but here I wanted to ask. Uh, well, I wanted to say like nigga, we went to TGI Fridays uh, uh, probably a few months back, and you know how you just be trying to fill out the vibe of the waiter. Sometimes the waiter's like overly conversational. Sometimes the waiter's like overly quiet. Nigga, we had a waiter, and this nigga's demeanor was like, like he didn't like he didn't want to be bothered or something. Like this nigga would like drop off the plates and keep walking. Like he's like here I go. You know, his nerves. Yeah, like I'm like nigga, we don't even know like. I, bro, I almost really didn't leave this nigga a tip, bro. I, I I don't do that. I was like, I, this nigga ain't. I still lowered it, but I damn near didn't leave him tip. I'm like, bro, what's this dude's problem? Like he I kept doing that the entire that, time. You got to give him the right tip though. Anytime. Now he ain't gonna Man, get the right one. Tip. Not not like that. Not 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 like that. So, okay, this opens up an interesting conversation <laughs> as far as. Okay, how bad do the service got to be before you call out the people? Like, cause I'm good. Like, even though I'm impatient, I'm not going to be the nigga that's like, oh, well, let me see your manager or what's going on with you today. Like, I don't give a fuck if you want to be here or not, bro. Like, I ain't even had no conversation with you about it. Just give me my food and get that shit right. If it take a little longer, like, I'm not here to complain. I ain't doing none of that. Are you a complainer? Like, do you want to see the manager and shit? Nah, you know niggas hold like, it down. I'll throw the food away. I'll throw the food away before I even like. Nah, I, I just tell you, take it back. Before. And I ain't paying for it. Like, that's it. I ain't even doing that. Nah, I ain't, you ain't. If y'all, nah, fuck, if y'all don't, well, if y'all don't fucked up my food and and I gotta go back, then y'all gotta fix something again. I don't even want it. You talking about after the second time? At all, period. The first time. That's why I keep my shit simple as hell when I order <laughs> shit. Nigga. That's because of your patience. That's hilarious, dog. Now, it ain't even really patience. It's because too. I know if they fuck it up, I do not want it. I don't want it again. So you turned off altogether, or like I mean, it just turns you it's off. Just because you never know how people take shit, man. And people, some people, you take it back. They offended. Maybe the chefs. If I don't went to places where the chef gets mad when you send something back or something of that nature, or even a waiter. 
they take it personal like they fucked up your order like bro nah it just wasn't good or something was wrong about it how you explain it whatever the sense may be I don't want this shit but it's cool I can go eat somewhere else and keep it moving on you you, you still pay for it whole thing. no I mean you, yeah like there's been times when you get comp forward and you get something else and I ain't saying this is every time but if yeah. I'm saying if this is a big deal if it's something like well it ain't no way they could have made this right in the first place. And I'm just completely turned off. And I don't care if I pay for it. And I'm just leaving. Like, mm-hmm. essentially, I want to get some that's going to satisfy mm-hmm. my um, taste buds. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to paying for it. And I, I, it's not. And that's to my whole point of view in asking you this. It's not a criminal offense to me if I get bad service and have to pay for something. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, it happens. How do you feel about that? No, nah, it ain't. You ain't. You ain't getting that off with me. That's crazy. Nah, like, bro. I, I, that, to me, because it's, it's more emotionally. Like, now I got to get mad, and we nah, got to go back bro, and it, forth. Well, I, most times, what happens? Most time, I'm on, we're under the understanding that, like, I'd be like, "Nah, I'm okay." They so you don't want to trade it for that? No. Most times, they just take it off the ticket. Like that's I don't ever have to like make a big deal about it. You know, if I eat majority of it, then I'm a flat out like. You know what I mean? That I'm going no, like I'm gonna pay for it. Majority of you don't even have well, not majority, but at least if it's half or maybe even like a decent amount. Where I'm like, okay, I ate quite a bit. I pay for it, but I ain't eating the rest. You know what I mean? But if I ain't like I sent something back twice at Apple. Well, I sent it back once. Oh, they brought it back, oh, and then it was still not good. Twice? No, I didn't send it back twice. Oh, that second time when they brought it back, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. They was like, you don't want it? No, we can't get you anything else. My wife was even more mad. I had another place. Dude felt so bad. Whatever you want, you, we'll be free. She's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it do kind of turn you off, bro, when you get the wrong thing and they fuck it up completely. You're like, well, mm-hmm. I ain't trusting y'all. Don't yeah. nothing else. So it take a lot of faith so to trust kinda, people. It does. It kind of plays into one of our topics because this, as far as customer service, where are you as a consumer on closing time? There was a video that floated in <laughs> and this asshole Walked in the smoothie spot at like 9.58. They closed at 10. He's talking about very adamantly that y'all close at 10 o'clock. You just, I still got two minutes. No rush at all to make an order. Video, all of this shit. Mo, what's your stance on that? Where are you at on like closing etiquette, walking into a place five or minutes less before it closes? To be honest, I don't. I don't do that. Like, if it's close to closing, especially tying it back to the food, like, I'm not going to do it because I got food poisoning one time. But Have you ever worked retail before? Yes. Like, Walmart, I work retail and fast food. Store. Okay. Yeah. So I know I know the vibes. Like, I've been there on both, end, on both ends. But if you're closing and they walk in two minutes before, see, I used to, when I worked at Subway, I used to get niggas out of here because <laughs> what I used to do was I was doing a cheat code. I was pull, putting the food away before we was actually closed. So when people come in, they'll look in the like the little free fridge part, and niggas knew like, oh okay, oh we ain't got, I ain't even had to say nothing. So yeah. if you still got something available, like if you close and you walk in two minutes before, I mean you got to serve them, bro. That's what it says. I mean, what you gonna do? Yeah, nah, that's what it say. They that you signed up. Your hours are, nigga, five to ten. Yeah. Like if that's what it say, that do your job. That ain't never the case. So if I can walk out of here at 10 o'clock without counting the register down or cleaning any shelves or straightening anything, then that would be applied. No, I feel like that's completely disrespectful. Like for people, maybe they ain't had no retail job before, maybe no fast food job like you. I know I used to work at Walgreens and it was in this rich white neighborhood too. They'll come strolling in that motherfucker at 9.57 afternoon oh man i'm 
grabbing the phone, <laughs> making it. Thank you for coming in, Walgreens. We'll be closing in three minutes, like as soon as they walk in the door. And you know, most of they ignore that shit anyway, so it doesn't oh, yeah. really matter. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. I don't like the people being inconsiderate of people at work. And it probably goes even more to what we were talking about with the food. Like these, some people are forced to work shitty jobs, bad mm-hmm. pay. I ain't trying to be the nigga that's making your day harder. I ain't coming in late at 9.58. I ain't sending my food back three or four times. I don't want to know what the special is six times and you explaining it to me. I want you to make your job as easy as possible. That way you can give me the best service possible and we can be done with our transaction. That's what I'm looking forward to. Do you pay a nigga? Have you ever not paid a nigga if he cuts your hair the wrong way? I've never not had my hair cut the right way. Oh wow! That's, I couldn't. I couldn't even imagine that. Oh man! Like a nigga, I'm sitting down. Bro, <laughs> bro, nigga, I act. Oh my fight, god! Like, how could you? Oh, bro, nigga, I ain't sit here for twenty nigga. minutes. And you done fucked up my hair, nigga. You bro, got me fucked up, nigga. I've had it, bro. We, and niggas listening, check this wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, bro. Like, so this is why I don't be going. Like ever since new then. barber. Was no. this a new barber? He, nah, this cat, they, they, there was like an executive cuts or all-star cuts. All of the niggas look like they can get down. That was down. your first mistake. That was your first mistake. You never, you I mean, I was a franchise barbershop, bro. You black? No, nah, that was black niggas. It was niggas. It wasn't, I mean, I did get cut but by a white person a before. Spot? Nah, it wasn't a franchise spot? No, I wasn't a franchise spot. Nah, bro. I don't go now. My nigga, get, he get to it. <laughs> yeah, I did that before. That was a real dumb mistake. That was like college. I was in a struggle bus, nigga. Like getting the Con Air action, dude. Like, but uh, no, this dude. You know when your for those that are listening, you know when your hair is getting cut wrong. When you see a chunk come off and hit that floor in an area that you know you didn't ask for, nigga. Oh my gosh, the heart oh. drop. Bro. Oh, the heart drop. It, and then so in the middle of it, I, I'm closing my eyes and I'm like, oh my god. And then it, it just keep chunks that. keep on falling. So what happened, I had a mohawk, and I had like a wide mohawk. When it was over with, this nigga gave me a dinosaur mohawk. I looked like an African Uh, about to run for the Olympics, nigga. Oh, my, Uh, bro. I still paid. How did that go? Wait, wait, wait. You still paid? You were sending food back, but what you want to call a nigga? Bro, this is before. That's what I'm saying. This is why I don't go now. It's because of that. That's where it started. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going like... If I pay my hard-earned money money for something and you do it incorrectly, I don't owe you. Period. Like you didn't do you didn't job done in the words of Kobe. Job done? No. I don't know about that. Now, I'm not paying you for. I'm not. So, I'm not. Nah. I paid you, him. You're then, paying though. for the service. You're not paying to be satisfied. You're paying for the service. No. What did I ask you? you cut your hair. No, you, you didn't. Cut I, your hair. If you no, don't no, no, like no. it, that ain't no. <laughs> if I order chicken and you bring back a pork chop. Well, that's that a product. Is, I'm not, we talking about two different things. Though. That's a product. The business. cut that I'm asking, is it not business. a product when they got the, the damn wallpaper on the wall and all the different numbers? Those are different product yeah. numbers for that's, the cut. I asked for the number seven, and you gave me that's 13. Man, get out of here, dog. In best case scenario, best case scenario, it'll look like number seven. It might not, because I may not be as good as the nigga that cut it. But nah, again, you bro. got your haircut. See, if you get your haircut <laughs> bad, then you'll see what I'm saying. Like, I'll what, play by my haircuts. Bro. That's what I'm saying. If you got that, you'll see what I'm saying. That I bet if you did nigga that, you wouldn't be letting niggas give you any kind of food. Then I promise you won't. You're like, nah. Question there before you even touch my head, nigga. You, you know how to cut hair, nigga. Like, nah, yeah, like, 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 and yeah. I mean, and that's a tricky, that's a tricky slope for us, man. 
Uh, I don't even know what it's going to be like. Lord willing, we'd be able to have a son. I'm like, damn. I'm hoping I know how to cut by then. Like cut my daddy. I'm hoping I, my daddy cut my hair. So I was back in the day. So I was straight Mo, through. Give that man the experience of when you have a son going to the barbershop, bro. Don't rob him of that, man. Too bro. many niggas out here got robbed of barbershop. Like, niggas need good quality haircuts. This is an ongoing yeah. conversation. Yeah. I got a cousin niggas that. Get, they, niggas try to joke about, because I pay $50 for a haircut. Uh, is like, that normal that, in I your. Feel like, that's a. Yeah, nah. is that just in that that state? Indianapolis, that's twenty. That's twenty five. They don't. How much do they charge for haircuts for Indianapolis? It's twenty five. Like Indianapolis? Yeah, it's twenty five. I don't know about that, man. Are you serious? Like, I'm talking about a good barber, though. Like Bro. good, like. Like what? What is he doing? Like, what is he besides your temples and shit, bro? What is he doing? Like damn, fifty bucks. Forty-five, yeah, forty-five, five-dollar tip. You get oh, the razor, you doing all of that, man. All that Face, you, nigga. Shave. For for fifty bucks, you better make sure my hair don't grow back for a month, nigga. Put some chemicals in my shit, <laughs> dead ass, bro. Bro, that's crazy. Niggas, niggas be trying to chump off the barbers, man. Y'all need to stop, man. Nah, Y'all bro, they be fit, they be like there's still shops that are fifteen dollars, bro. That's not true. Not that is by, true. Not from people with it. Not, I mean, definitely not in your, not, not, not in. I mean, I imagine not in Georgia, but like, there's still some spots like that. But it's been 20 for a grip. So when it was 20, I still was paying 25. And then some people do 25, and I may drop like a little, like 27 or whatever. But that's shit. Damn, that's crazy. But it's, I mean, you got to remember where we at. My barber laughed. I thought Indianapolis was up and coming. Like, Indianapolis niggas get money, man. So I would oppose, I would assume that the, the like the barbers in the hood was busting heads. Like I remember going to the Kentucky Derby, man, and mm-hmm. seeing them niggas from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. like Black Expo they was and shit. Money. Yeah. Yeah. No niggas is getting money, like Black Expo. But I went to the the Derby. They were I, Louisville right there by it. Yeah, it's like two hours out. Yep. Yeah, they would drive to the Derby like we would in Nashville. We always would notice in Indianapolis niggas, man. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. I mean. There's niggas out here that like move on the independent where they pull up on you. And that's the niggas that be asking for like the 50. Oh, them a hundred. Them a hundred down here. If you want to yeah. uh, come to the house cut, like that's a hundred. I've seen a nigga charge 150, 200. I, I, I learned how to cut my own shit before I started <laughs> doing that. I promise you, nigga. I promise, nigga. Miss Ooh, independent, shit. nigga. That's funny. It's Seriously, chill, though. Man. But that, I mean, that's cool, but. I'm not mad at it because it's an investment. You know, I look at it like that. It's like you invest yeah. more on what you put in your stomach than your actual look. So, you know, why not? That's <laughs> dead ass, you know, make it, make it make sense. So I started looking at it differently, and that's why I uh, try to stay faithful to it. Yeah, that makes sense. We're here to talk about the news this week, Mo. It's another week in the books. I am Spike Lewin, man. We appreciate you guys joining us. That was just a little pre-talk, a little off-deck, little topic mm-hmm. search that we just go through, have a conversation here. What I felt like was interesting this week, Mo, uh, coming off our dad's episode. That was a great episode, man. Oh, man. Uh, the news. Are you a news guy? Like, do you consume the news on a daily basis, local news? Is there one source that you go to for entertainment? Where do you stand on news in general? Zero news. That's crazy to me, bro. Zero news. What does that mean? <laughs> like, does like, that mean, like, go ahead, like, you don't have no alerts on your phone to tell you, like, okay, so if something like the the shooting that happened in Texas, like, did that does that come through as an alert on your phone, or you don't even got that shit set up on your phone? That's not even set up. Like, how would you hear about that? 
Uh, maybe a pod, maybe Instagram, possibly if it's in a feed or in real time. That's how you're hearing about it. It might you not be in real. It may not be in real time. Be honest. Damn. Yeah. No, I, I, I never been a news person, and I. People don't understand the effects of like the news, and I know we're gonna go further into it. But people don't understand like the effects of news and like mental health, and some people are more sensitive to like triggers. You know what I'm saying? It's like especially when like every day you fighting to just put a smile on your face, and right away you turn on it ain't nothing but bad news. Like, and they're like, oh, well here's a segment right here, and they've spent like two minutes on this person donated their horses to this this pa- this patient, and then they move right back to if you think the weather's gonna be this bad, wait till you see next week. Like everything's negative. Like I'm cool, bro. Like I get it, the world's gonna be the world, but like, I'm I'm cool. Y'all can keep it, like, cause it's not gonna it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Like that's how I feel. But mm. I, are you a news person? Absolutely, man. In the eighth grade, I'd never forget the teacher. We had an, a teacher in the eighth grade. Her name was Miss Newbert, I believe, and she made us write a current event paragraph every week. A whole eighth grade year. You had to pick a topic out of the news. You had to write a whole paragraph about what was going on, how it affected you, or whatnot. And that just made me kind of, of course, I didn't do it then. Like, this shit was stupid then. But mm-hmm. it kind of made me pay attention to the news, made me pay attention to different things. And ever since then, I've always been like, I watch the, the local news every day. I tap into CNN, I tap into Fox News, I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to podcasts about news. I listen to NPR all day. Like I'm consistently hmm. trying to get information. I love information is my thing. Like I was just telling my therapist, like I'm an information junkie. Like oh, regardless wow. of what the topics are and, and, and how it be. Like I love information, which leads sometimes to procrastination because it's overload. You just got too much information to make a move on. But uh-huh. yeah, I'm an information person. I love the news. That's why it's always to me. Fascinating when people be like, "Well, I don't watch the news at all." Like, I don't understand how that. I don't even understand how that works. What do, What do you What do I need it for? What does it change in my day to day? Great question. <laughs> so, information is power, right? Okay. So, even in a day to day, I get what you're saying about mm-hmm. processing the news. I get what you're saying about it being negative sometimes, right? But even in the sense of Everything's a play, right? So you never know what conversation can lead you to your next check, opportunity, place in life, whatever it may be, especially if you're out here on the hunt and you're still looking and going. In my eyes, the reason that I need the news because you never know when you have to see something that you saw on the news, NPR, anywhere in conversation. It's always a way to spark a conversation or a way in, per se, with people a way for people to feel more comfortable with you showing familiarity. And that way, if you need something from them or you want to make some type of move or play or sale or whatever it may be, you've developed some form of familiarity because you know what's going on in the world. So I think the news is the common ground for people, a place to start a conversation with other people. Hey, did you see this now where we've got nasty as a society as if you don't agree with me, then people like to argue. Mm. we don't have to get to that point to where we have to argue if you want to agree with some of the news but at least both of us have an idea of what's going on and I feel like that can always spark a conversation and I feel like conversations lead you to success where you can be, meet people network 
if you don't have no gauge of what's going on in the world, how do you start new conversations and meet new people? Oh, easy. Easy. You start off, how you doing? How's the family? Right. For me, for me, I, I go straight to the, I try to go straight to the soul. I, I try not to, I, I've used small talk. I've had, bro, my, my bros crack up about, we was doing something for the homeless back in college for spring break. And we went down to Florida, ironically enough, to feed the homeless. And we was prepping with some, some, a, di- a whole bunch of different people. And he was these older women. And these women were talking about some movie. Mm-hmm. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen this movie, bro. I just see the previews one time bro we having a whole we talked for 30 minutes on and i haven't seen them them niggas was like looking around the corner laughing their ass off because i was able to stay engaged with a conversation and then also taking it to other places and like personal places or it could be surface places but i do think the news can benefit that but i think this is one of those scenarios in my opinion it's more than one way to skin a cat and also, that's not the only way to get information. And if I want information, I can do it in my own way, not in a constructed way y'all want to give it to me. Y'all want to control my mood and emotion based on how you present it. And I can get it the way I want to get it. If I need to know, I can, you know what I mean? I can go and do my Googles. Well, how do, I how do yeah. you know what you need to know, though? Like, like how do you stumble upon new interesting facts? I, I, I most times I don't care that much about like just interesting facts because I don't I'm not that's where we differ because I'm not like a a huge information guy like I do like like hitting gems but only within my interests so anything outside of that it's it's cool I mean sometimes I'm like damn I didn't even know that that's crazy you hear about that gun law or whatever but like for the most part because I I look at I just look at everything like I'm on a clock I always look at everything mm. like that. I only got so much time on earth on and it's like clock. on the clock. So I can't, I can't get too wrapped up in what you guys want to concern. I mean, what you want me to be concerned with because I only have so much time. I only have so many things I could think about. Only so many what? things I could feel. I don't have room for is that, it. Is that a Maurice thing or is that a black man thing? Do you think? I think it's a Maurice thing. Cause I know some black really? men outside of yourself that do watch the news. My daddy hits up and hit me up. My father-in-law has a, uh, uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe it's an older black man thing. I don't know that do watch it. Or, how old are they? I mean, they're like 50, your dad at, yeah. like so, 50, yeah, 50 plus. I mean, I don't, I mean, I got a I bro. Know. He sends me stuff all the time, but again, like I had to even like hit him like on Instagram. Like we had a group chat in, on Instagram and everything he kept sending me was just like informative, which is cool, but it was always negative. Oh, did you know about what they're putting in the beef now? Oh, did you see what the police had did to this black person? Oh, did you? All right. Like, and that, and I, I I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a Mari's thing, bro, because I've been depressed, uh, like last year coming into this, the top of this year. And then once I was blessed to come out of that, I start paying real close attention to my triggers real close. I'm like, okay, why am I so moody right now? Why am I down? What, what is this I'm feeling? I was good a minute ago and all of a sudden and I start paying attention. What did I consume? I really, I'm very mindful of what I consume and that's probably the heaviest part of why I don't consume the news that way mm. versus somebody like, well, you watch this television, they be murdering and killing and doing this, but it's like, 
it's at your own leisure. And I understand kind of what I'm getting. Like, I guess if the, sh- the the show gives you a premise, you know what I mean? If you get like the little intro or whatever to each episode so you kind of know what you're getting into. And plus, you know, it's acting. The news is real. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Some would say it's fake, fake news. So a working premise <laughs> as to when we started this conversation, even you just saying that now, me asking you that. Mm-hmm. Do you think the way that black people feel, men especially, how we feel like that we don't fit in corporate settings, you feel like you don't fit in, right? That's not wild to say, right? Like most black no. men, usually we feel that way. Like you're not relatable in some senses. People think you probably standoffish, mm-hmm. things like that. Like yeah. that's common amongst black men. I say I agree. Yeah. So. Do you think that not knowing what's going on in the world plays into that? Because if no. you are operating on, he said, no, quick. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> Let me get the point. my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I appreciate that you being that adamant in your, your stance <laughs> on it. But what were you about to say? No, no, no. My bad. Let, look, I'll finish what you were saying. I jumped out there quick. Um, Because... On one end, you could say, like we just said, you always feel outcast and you don't feel like you fit in. But on the other end, you could say, well, you're not a part of the conversation. Like, you don't know what's going on. How can you have small talk or be more personable if you're not engaging in what's going on in the world? Like, if you're in your own bubble, how are people supposed to feel comfortable with you? Like, that feeling that you feel, like, how can I approach you and say, hey, man, this random fact or this goofy stuff, the why the small talk that you call it, that stuff that makes people comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. How can someone do that if you're not abreast of the stuff that's going on in the world? That's a great question. If, you, if you're in your own bubble. And I think that we get caught up sometimes as black men as being defensive and all oh, this shit don't bother me. It don't affect me. Because I got a lot of homeboys like you. I don't watch the news. Don't <laughs> and I'm not saying that it's not. But I do feel like that there's a certain, like just like white privilege, there's a black male privilege with that. Like we can almost kind of ignore what's going on in the main conversation of the world because we almost feel like it doesn't affect us. And my challenge to black men would be like, well, how does it not affect us, but it affects everybody else? Like I hear niggas say that quick. I shouldn't got nothing to do with me. I ain't, I ain't paying attention to that. I don't care nothing about none of that, man. It ain't got nothing to do with me and my money. When essentially <laughs> it does. <laughs> you, you know you laughing because you know you heard that, right? I've definitely heard that. It's me and my money. You know you've heard that. Nigga, what money? And, 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 and if you think, man, right. And if you think about it, it actually does have something to do with you and your money. Because if you can't sit and have conversations with your homeboys about stuff that's going on in the world and how you guys Mm -hmm. can collaborate and make money. Oh, man, I heard this on NPR today that these stocks were going to do well. Like if you can't have that type of conversation with your friends, other Mm -hmm. black men, then who are you having with? Nobody. What's the what's the benefit, though? Of the, the being able to have those those conversations, what is the benefit? Building, being able to build, being able to be abreast of what's going on in the world, having conversations there, so that those conversations can turn into fruit. 
those seeds that you planted in a room in a barbershop with your homeboy man did you see this happen in the market or man i think this is going to be a dope industry like you're getting this information from the news if you're paying attention like it ain't all bad news you're absolutely right it's a lot of it and that's what they get paid off of the bad news but when we see people you see like man i wonder how he got that rich Wonder how him and his homeboys did that when we talk about white people, but how they got this firm or whatnot. Taking the information, what applies to you, applying that to the people in your circle, mm-hmm. applying that to life, making money from it. Like you missing a step of the process if you're not getting the information from the news and it's in books. Like people say you want to have some from a nigga, it's in books too. But just the general zeitgeist, the everyday scuttlebutt per se, of what's going on. Black men are way too comfortable with stepping away from that, and we shouldn't be. Like We shouldn't be as comfortable with not knowing what's going on in the world because we feel like it doesn't affect us. I mean, but do we need the constant reminder to remind us through the news how unimportant we are? Because a lot, I feel like a lot of black men feel that that way. Chicken of the egg conversation, though? Like, wouldn't a person consider you unimportant if you didn't know what was going on? Like, if you, like, just take being black out of it in the news, if you walk it into any situation, mm-hmm. like a new job or whatnot, and you don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. when they strategizing, they don't got anything to say to you. You're a trainee. Bro, we'll get with you in a minute. We strategizing for mm-hmm. the day because everybody right here, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We already got the information. We know how to work, make money. We've been here. Mm-hmm. We'll train you in a minute. So, to your point, like, you are not, well, you have to have thick skin, like you said, if you're going to be constantly reminded of what you're not. But you also got to pick up that information and be able to use it and understand how everyone else is using it. Like, we want- can't be unarmed at the, like, everybody else can't have the information. And we feel like because it don't apply to us, we don't have the information. That's going to continue to have us in the back of the class. But I think we're blending the two. News and information. Well, it's we're- like you said, though. But it, it, I think we're blending. Get on these like underground sites and send you all of this <laughs> badass news all day. Right. It's fucking control this because it, it creates this universe of what you think the whole world is versus what is just your digital world. So that's how you feel the whole perspective of the world is. But I want to go back to something you said before, mm-hmm. where you said how if you don't know these things or you're not familiar with what's going on, how can you make them feel comfortable with you? Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm trying to make myself feel comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. I'm you not mean? trying to, and I get it. I mean, business like, oh, you want to, because you're trying to make a play. I get that. And and that's necessary too. If that's the route that within certain businesses that you're trying to, uh, or certain business partners or opportunities you, you're trying to pursue, sure, you want them to feel comfortable. But the way I'm moving and where I'm going, I'm trying to make sure I feel comfortable with y'all. I'm not trying to make you feel comfortable with me because it's, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, Every day, my life is on the line, like, regardless. Like, that's how I feel. Like, as a black man, every single day, I, it's just one of them things that all of us know. We just don't talk about it because it's so normal to us. We're so traumatized daily off the shit we've been through and seen that I, I, I don't feel safe anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not trying to make people feel comfortable with me. I'm trying to get comfortable with them as far as having some kind of trust to even have certain conversations. And for me, it's like if if all it takes for me, I have to, you know, watch the news or whatever or like kind of talk about like 
these kind of the surface small talk. I get it. That's necessary to get, open the door or whatever. But like, like for me, I've had, I mean, I just met a dude last week that just started there. Like he already put me on game on just entrepreneurship and was nothing about the news. This dude has been uh, working for himself for 30 years. Gave me his phone number. He said, anytime you want to call, you want to talk, you need to talk biz. Boom. I, I didn't have no conversation about the news. So I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm just saying it's more than one way to skin the cat, especially in this area. Let me challenge you there. Okay. Let's say you guys are having that personable conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And he asked you something about an opportunity. Yeah, he's been an entrepreneur for 30 years. This is how he make his money. Anything that was in the news over the last couple of weeks, or stocks that change if he had presented you with an opportunity where all you had to know was a couple of words would you have known like all you would have had to know was I know last week this did that in the third he's like oh man that's a job for Maurice or that's an opportunity for Maurice he knows a lot about this I'm not saying that you have to consume stuff at the rate like you don't have to sit there and write down and take notes just like what you just said, though, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, there's news about entrepreneurship where you can stay away from all that other shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people have to, in general, just absorb there and sit there and look at the local and the world news every day. I'm saying with what you're interested in and what you want to take and be successful in, you do need to know the latest in that. Like, you oh, yeah. can't just be like, oh, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Or, like, that's why mm-hmm. niggas get laughed and most of them who are say they rappers, like they can't tell you shit about rap. Mm-hmm. Like all they know is they can go in there and mom, some of them are good, some of them can pick beats. But when you start talking about the logistics of it and how you make money and how you structure songs and how you do that, like most niggas don't know how to do that because right. you haven't taken the time out to get the information. And when I say news, that's all I mean. I don't mean like you get an alert to your phone. I just asked about that separately. But when I say news, just like for you in that conversation that you have with that man that's mm-hmm. been an entrepreneur for 30 years, how does it look for you? Mm-hmm. How does it look for you if you're armed with information that you have been processing from entrepreneurial news and you're able to present him with something after you broke through on a personable level? Mm-hmm. What if you already had your ducks in a row because you've been paying attention to the news and you done meant the right nigga now. Like you in front of the person that you need to meet to take your life to the next level, but you ain't got the information. <laughs> and I'm not saying you specifically. I'm not shitting on you and, and, and calling you out. No, no, no. I, no, I hear you. I'm just saying in general. Does that make sense, though? I'm like with you. are right. The personable connection is cool. I'm talking about the information. I'm talking about what gets us from having these conversations to being in the game. You can't what? get in the game if you don't know the information. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. So this is this is where I think the confusion is. I agree on the information. It's the news. Mm-hmm. News right. provides information given, but again, they have their own agenda of what they want to speak to. Information, I completely agree. Do your research. I completely agree with you, bro. That is where we fall short because we don't do the research. We don't do the work. So I agree with you on that. I was just saying as far as the news, which I'm glad we got a news slash information. Information is completely necessary. But I do intentionally try not to overload because how much is enough and then how much is too much? There's no real ground for it. And if you if, if I'm gathering so much, where do I have room to turn it off and just be present? I never right. can be present. <laughs> and like, yeah, comes before I know it, my, right. and my life is over, 
because I'm still thinking about the next. What could have happened in all exactly. the that you have? Absolutely right. So, the balancing act, too, is when you become a divine creature and you're yeah. living your life in godly fashion. You're yeah. right. So I'm definitely not saying that I figured that out yet. I mean, neither. I 100% <laughs> struggle with procrastination from having too much damn information. I mm -hmm. do that a lot. I, my bro is like that, too. It's a balancing act. He But I think you've been doing a wonderful job with this and uh my bro, he he's like that, the one I spoke about before that has been making some plays here, because he was always like talking about a lot of the illustrious and all these big things and all this info, but he would never be able to get to square one. Where do I start? He cause he was kind of binded down by so much this, that, this and that. And I've always been opposite. I know exactly where to start. <laughs> it's just how, you know, I mean, how far to take it based on the information research. But yeah, that's a great question, man. That's well, I guess how do we offer solution people, here? Just engage more. I, I just think people for a couple of minutes a day just to find something to engage okay. more in. I ain't talking about just traditional news. Just engage in something that you like. Get more information about it. Like I get alerts from like podcasts, news daily, or what's going on. But I'm into a lot of things. But just mm -hmm. even if it's TV or comic books, or movies, just something mm -hmm. that you're getting information from mm -hmm. about where it's something that you like, and you never know what that can spark for you as far as industry conversation mm -hmm. opportunity. Just the more information that you have about something that you like is what I mean when I mean news. I do have one news particular. It's called Veg News, and so they give all like the newest like vegan uh, uh, updates on like restaurants and products that come out. And I'll I'll be excited about that. That's like the one thing. Like I'd be like, yeah, oh man, I'm vegetarian. Man, a lot of people skewing that way, man. I was vegan for I fasted, so I was a, like I did the vegan fully for thirty days. It was it was a lot a lot rougher than vegetarian. A lot rougher. So <laughs> we'll talk further about that, maybe the dietary and self uh, self care and all that good stuff. But <laughs> I probably never try that. So with the news, with the news, man, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ruby Freeman before we got to our prestige TV talk again. Double back on it. Mm -hmm. Ruby Freeman was an election poll ballot worker in Georgia. She was just in front of Congress here testifying about how she was affected by the lie that Donald Trump told in the January 6th case and everything that happened there. She was one of the persons that counted the ballots. Donald Trump said her name specifically and said that her and her mom were responsible for votes not being counted in Georgia. She said her life has been a living hell she can't go to the grocery store. She can't do anything without feeling threatened. People told her they wish she was 19, 20, so they could have dealt with her the right way. Like She's been through it. And for me, it's one of the things that I was just talking about with news and information. Because some kind of way Kanye West got dragged into this, his publicist uh, was on camera talking to the lady trying to persuade her to change her mind and admit that she had done something wrong when she hadn't but this has to go with the news because a lot of people didn't even know that this lady was going through this right a lot of people that look like us didn't know it that should have been there to protect this lady and you say well why is it our responsibility as black people to protect this lady because here's what happens when people like her are scared now 
to go work the polling booths. Donald Trump gets people that aren't scared, that are in the position that like him and are going to do what he said. So those miscounted votes, those things that didn't actually happen, they start happening for real because he's intimidated the regular folk that do care about the vote being correct out of the jobs. No one I heard really just be, and I just learned about this too recently. I ain't going to act like I was embedded in it. But my point is, he took her name, knows that his people pay attention to the news, weaponized her name. Now they camping out in front of her house, sending her death threats, threatening her mom, know where she shops at, going to the store. Because they following this man every move, getting his information and doing what he says do. If we had the information that this lady needed help, perhaps there was a group of armed black men that could have been in front of her house. Perhaps it's people that could help her with her groceries on a day-to-day basis. Perhaps it's just more people around her that look like her that make her feel more safe. But she didn't get that because a lot of us aren't paying attention to it. What do you think? Those, Those words and what you said is absolutely correct. I like that you have provided a solution what we could do or possibly do. Um, but also there was a moment within the court case where they thought that she was handing off a USB drive and asked, what was it that your mother passed you? A ginger mint. Mint, bro. This is a part of it. It's like, and I'm so sorry for Ruby Freeman. And a part of that too is like on the news thing. A lot of us will hear the news and hear information like this and we'll be like upset for a moment and we'll sympathize and empathize with that person. But we don't do we're not going to do nothing about it. So some of us, some of us that don't watch it don't want to li- a part of it is I don't want to live reality of like damn we going through it and I hate to say it, but I'm glad it ain't me. Like some people think that way. Like I'm glad it ain't me or. There it is. I think that's what watching the news is. I'm glad it ain't me. But but hold on. I don't think it's just that though. I also think that it, again, like I said before, it's that reminder. It's like this lady is trying to do the right thing. And again, it's like, oh yeah, she's just doing like what the next white individual do running one of those polls. Oh, by the way, again, just to remind you, y'all niggas still ain't shit. Y'all still ain't shit. Y'all do the right thing and try to be about your country and you still ain't shit. So what am I what am I watching this for? Y'all just want to keep bogging us down. We celebrating Juneteenth of being happy about the last slave being free to remind us you niggas were slaves. Just just in case. That's why we let niggas off with it. Come on, man. Like this is what I be saying, bro. That's that's the point. Mo, it's about the engagement. Well, are we engaging? There's one no, <laughs> nigga, no. That's what I'm saying. No, we not. And that's what a part of what I mean when I say watching the news. It's about being engaged. The reason a media savant, like you may hate this motherfucker, but Trump know how to get the people going. Mm-hmm. You know how to get the people to fuck with him riled up and moving. He knows that he has an engaged fan base. He knows the danger of an engaged fan base. He knows the benefits of having an engaged fan base. What does it look like if we become more engaged? 
What, if, what does it look like if we are as engaged as motherfuckers taking time out of their day to go by this woman who ain't got nothing to do with nothing to go by her house to find out where she shops at? What does black people's engagement look like? What does it look like when we start doing that? And we can't do it if we don't have the information. We wouldn't be scared if we were more tapped in. The reason that they do that and that they ain't scared, the reason that they were not unfearful enough to fucking storm the Capitol on the 6th is because they tapped in. They think they know the laws. They watch shit every day and think they have a grasp or understanding that's giving them this haze of protection against what could actually happen to them. We out here dealing with it every day. We know what could actually happen to us if we run up on the sixth and, and, and go into buildings like that. Mm-hmm. So I just is there's a, a difference in attitude as far as how we digest the news and the engagement that we have from it. One, they know that they can use it and be dangerous with it. Two, we know it can be used against us and be dangerous towards us. But uh, I mean, but I think that it doesn't put us at a we're not at a can we be at a better advantage? Sure. Are we at an even advantage? No. Wait, what do you mean? I don't know what that like means. against white people or the powers that be like it, we're, we're at a better advantage. Like, OK, sure, we can protect our people like a little bit sooner. But the news has been around so much and we're always steps behind. And it ain't, it ain't just because niggas ain't watching the news. Like it ain't just because niggas ain't watching news. We can't be there right on time when shit was about to happen. You know what I'm saying? It it's has like been though, like traditionally, no, not, you wouldn't say that. Like niggas, okay. I I'm saying like kill you, that you, with one. Let me ask you a question. All right. Why do you think that they kept slaves from reading and writing? I mean, for them, keep them from being equal, to being able to make from plans and shit. The information that they had, they okay. don't know what we know. So that's reading and writing back then is the same thing as news and information now. Like, we don't want y'all to have the news and information for, like, what you just said. So you can't show up, be on time, and know the things that we know, hence us having an advantage over you. But, bro, who's controlling the media? This is the part that this, who's controlling the media? Not niggas. How that takes to, <laughs> what does that have to do with it, though? Because I don't understand they're always takes away from still knowing what's going on. Knowing is Like, fine. I think that's a cop-out. No, no, no. Here's why it's not. It's not a cop-out because... We're going to always be a step ahead of y'all. So you ain't never going to get fully engaged on time because we're controlling what we're putting out and we're, we know when we're putting it out. We're finding out more. You just sent me that. And it says, what, 17 hours ago from referring back to January 6th. Right. So that's what I'm saying. They're in control of the media. They're going to always be a step ahead. And if the news we're, and if we're taking the information you guys are giving us, you're giving us what you you're spoon feeding us, what you want us to, to receive, sure, we can be smart enough and digest and kind of break down what they're really trying to not give us. Sure, we could take the time and do that. But at the end of the day, we're not in control of the media. It's not a cop out because they're going to always be steps ahead. It's th- what three rich families that are controlling the whole world. Right. So that that's my only thing. Got you. So you're speaking of the content that comes out and, and, and people behind that. Well, I'm saying, I tiny- understand what you're saying. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Tying it back to getting the information to be early on engagement, especially in a moment like this, try to protect our black woman, try to protect us as people. Right. That's why I said, well, I don't feel like even if we get engaged, we can't get engaged in time because of that. That's what I'm saying. 
Okay. I think I understand, but my question to that would be, what's the benefit of that thought process? Like, what do what do black people get or, or culture get uh, of us thinking, well, shit, we behind the eight ball anyway. Why would I do it? And they ain't going to tell us the truth no way. So I'm just going to what? Sit here and not do anything? Or, like, what's the alternative? See, what what makes that difficult for me, bro, again, is is – and like I said, that's not everybody. This is just this is just the Mar Mari's hunt thinking. But it just be difficult for me because I'm always thinking on the clock. Okay. So I'm I'm always thinking. I'm, well, here's two ways. I'm thinking one on the clock. So I'm like I only have so much time, right? right? Just me, just me as one individual in the whole world. Two, I am a, a believer in the Bible. Some people are not. That's fine. I believe in what it says in Revelation. There's things that have been coming to uh, fruition that has been spoken about in that. It, but that's another another subject for another day. So with those two things, for me, thinking in a form of like prophecy and thinking in a form of ha- being on a clock, I'm not saying people are wasting their time. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm appreciative of all of our black leaders because without them, we wouldn't even be able to do half the things we're doing today. I'm not saying it's not necessary. I'm just speaking to those that are, uh, uh, I'm just speaking to the other side of that thought of why people don't. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's not that that's the better way. Like, hey, everybody don't do nothing because ain't no point. I, I think that people should do something. If it's in your heart and your spirit to move on it, uh, I'm just saying the people that think differently, I think this these are little small nuggets. I feel like why they think that way. Sure, can it change? Sure. Can we do better? Absolutely. I just think that these are small things like that, like who's controlling the media, like getting engaged, like being scared to die because of what's being thrown in our face. Uh, you know, uh, police brutality and we're being killed on camera and, and they're getting off all of these things. It's 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 really hard. You know, what I'm saying some people are built a certain way, like they tough, like, man, fuck all that shit. I'm riding. Let's go. And then some people are just like have been just worn down so much from the media and just how we have been presented and what has gotten into our psyche to the point they're like, you know what? I can't handle this shit no more. I'm just about to sit here and watch reruns. Like some people have just been weighed down that much. They've seen so much shit and some person, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to make no cop out, but no, I cop out was maybe the wrong word, but I think that that goes to everything that you're saying as far as the lack of engagement where it's more acceptable for us to be less engaged because one, what you said, well, we don't control the media or if we are engaged in what we're going to do anyway. I think it just starts with being engaged and know what's going on. Then those questions come up next. But the first hurdle would be actually being engaged and not just paying attention to shit on the shade room or social media. Okay actually really stuff that's going on in the world and i think people would be surprised at how much it affects them i think people would be surprised at the different type of conversations that they start to have i think people would be surprised at even like you're saying from an emotional standpoint and how they start to look at stuff when you start to find news that matters to you and I know what you mean when you're saying, man, I'm not trying to see this bullshit and sit in front of this and just be dumped with all this negative energy. I 100% get that. 
But I do think that we're in a time and a place where you have so much information that you can find the good news that works for you. And at least that helps you be more engaged. I'm not talking to you specifically when I say you, I'm saying people listening. My challenge to people listening with just being more engaged in general. What benefit does it do you to run down that rabbit hole of saying, oh, well, Again, I'm not making fun of you because I believe me, I got other homes. Bro, I don't. I'm not. I can. I can handle it. <laughs> I can handle it. I got niggas that's like because people. Oh, what benefit does it go to go down that rabbit hole of mm-hmm. all oh, they controlling this and this and that and like who cares, bro? Like we can have that conversation and that can be off the table or whatnot. We can have fun with that, but in a real sense of getting out here doing something, getting something done every day, that conversation keeps you from being engaged I, I feel like in what's going on okay just a challenge just I, a I, I like it yeah, you, I like that you want just a little bit more engagement from people would be awesome so, and not with so, so, media, but. so you so you think us as a people we have to we have to have put our all of us in our heart we have to find a place in society where we have to start looking at each and every one of us uh, black people and being in our heart to the point that we want to be engaged because this is my brother. I don't know this nigga, but he's black. And if he's been through half the shit I've been through, I got to get engaged like Tupac did when he witnessed that brutality. I'm not saying. Well, that, I think. And you no. Know- perfect. Now you starting to walk down the road from the asphalt that I'm laying down. You don't get to that place without engagement, I feel like. The more engaged you become, the more normalized, I feel like, things start to become. And the less defensive we start to be as brothers and as a people, period. Like, the less you out of that, like you, well, we very beginning of this conversation, man, I'm in my own bubble. This shit ain't going to do with my money. <laughs> the less you're thinking like that and the more you're thinking about what's going on the more open you is to talk to niggas the more open you is to listen and be more empathetic of people and the more the path starts to open up for what you're looking for i promise you but the more you stay in that bubble the more man, fuck all this shit man i don't care about none of that man shit ain't got nothing to do with me the further and further away you get from society the further and further you get out of touch the more out of reach you get and i ain't saying you got to be a fucking encyclopedia mm-hmm. find that thing that you good at or that thing mm-hmm. that you like dive into that and that's gonna make the rest of the stuff easier and you just start to be open more to it what that do you think question? I forgot what you yeah asked. no no yeah do you think that and i know we're gonna move on here uh you think that a, a part of that too do you think that people feel like us black people like getting engaged you're like man i don't they may never say it out loud but i don't have nothing to offer i can't speak in front of people or i can't lead a group or i can't set up meetings i don't have nothing to offer like you know what i mean like and i think that you know what i like everything guess how you figure that out though that's well, the, you, you get, get engaged. You have to get active. Exactly. You got to try. Beautiful thing. You got to try. Being engaged, you don't got to have nobody else. You can just look through all of this shit and start figuring out what interests you. Mm. Oh shit, this interests me. Let me figure out a little bit more about it. Let me figure out a little bit more about it. And then before you know it, like you just said, oh, I got this skill set, or I got this information because yeah. you became engaged with something that interests you. Mm. That's all I'm asking. When try I say people. News, 
Try. Try. <laughs> try it, man. I like that. Try like that. We have to try. Absolutely. What the homework assignments for the week before we get out of here, Mo? Yeah. Talk to people head off this week, man. <laughs> Had a great Juneteenth. That was a good conversation though about the news. Oh yeah, this is this is gonna hit. Um, heels and the playlist. Did you listen to some more of that playlist? Yeah, I, I was listening to it. Uh, so I, I was listening to Spike shit. Is that is that? I couldn't listen to the other one because I don't have Apple Music, so it's only gonna give you the little sample, and I ain't about to pay for that. But uh, I listened to Spike shit. I was liking it. I was digging it. It, it just it felt good. It was some good shit. I was listening. They played that Ti joint. Um, what was that that album that people always dog you know i remember back then oh uh, ti versus tip no 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 the 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 one with the no mercy didn't have a dollar in my pocket that was on that i don't know why i had the other cover on there but uh that is that is no mercy you're right because scarface on that song right there. yeah yeah Yeah. i did not like that verse but ti but but my favorite ti song yeah, that that was so good. But that that I was I, that joint came on, uh, that Pac little homies, <laughs> like. No, yeah, those are just songs I feel like this is my shit. Like this. No, I. Like so it's almost like when I listen, I'm like, okay, so this is. This is just what Spike Spike likes, like, cause it's like, I don't know. I guess I just almost put on like the Spike headphones, I'm like, okay, this is kind of what. And I was like, I can see that, cause like some of the stuff, I was like, I would listen to the same things. Like, I yeah. think that if we go down a thousand songs a piece metaphorically we would probably line up around 500 you know what i'm saying like and then those 500 would be essentially yeah so but <laughs> so i i liked it man i i as i uh concur uh that little homies that nigga had me dying at the end bro like when he started like getting extra loud these little niggas will rob you they 15 16 years old i'm like pocket's wild boy yeah man so i i Oh yeah, but I enjoyed the playlist. Like so, uh, shouts out to you. Shouts out to you for that, bro. What you think about Hills, man? I told you about that last week. It's a uh, television show on uh, Stars. Stars, strong. I I got it's one. Of, it's a downer though. Like it's a like you, you think so? Move, yeah, to watch it. I, I tried it before and and stopped watching it, but I tried it this time specifically the first episode because. You has mentioned it, but I ain't mad. I'm gonna stick around. I'm gonna hold my okay. judgment. No, I ain't. I'm gonna hold my judgment till I finish. Okay. It. I think I'm gonna finish it. But I respect I you for that. Thanks, man. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. Any any hope for that Ace Hood? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Not a chance in hell, bro. I'm the. It, it nah, it's good. Music, nah, I know. I know. I, I will. That's gonna be a running joke. I'm gonna find a way to like. Every time, man. But uh, okay. So, um, what you have for homework this week? What you have? To- uh, so the homework this week, man. I wanted you to actually check out. I sent it to you earlier, but I wanted you to check out one of these podcasts. Uh, I feel like me and Spike were creating this great um talk tandem, as many of the great talk tandems are out there. Uh, podcast hosting. So I want you to check out two podcasts. Uh, one is called the Mallory Bros. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're they're twins. They do like I don't know if you've ever seen them do like reaction videos. The Mallory Bros. Yeah, the Mallory. Tia and Tamara. 
No, that's actually interesting, though. No, they're not related. They're not related. But I am no relation. Uh, they, they, uh, they normally do uh, reaction videos to like albums and stuff. But they had a, they've started a podcast. But they're like over a hundred twenty strong. And this recent episode I was listening to at work, it was really good. Dude was kind of talking about like they were talking about a bunch of stuff. Of course, Father's Day, like like we spoke about. But then he kind of went into this kind of thing about like him being like a smoker, and he kind of had a real interesting experience that he spoke about. It was very interesting. Deep. He is a weed smoker? Yeah. Hey, yeah, like a story about it? Well, he kind of trans he transitioned out, but like like kind of like the Wait, effect. What? You have to yeah, you have to like hear this story. Like he talked about like this specific like nightmare he had. These are black dudes, just twin brothers. Like they really and I like them because they're funny. Like, you know, we like compresses your well not compresses. I don't know if that's the right word, but it suppresses your dreams. Yeah. TSC. Oh man, well, TSC, like if you stop smoking weed, like you're a heavy smoker and you stop smoking for like maybe a week, you like you'll have very like vivid dreams. But when you smoke, you don't really remember your dreams. Damn, because I know I had a I had a, a strong run of like having to kill a nigga. Like I had a strong run doing that, like trying to protect my people. Yeah, I was still smoking. Yeah, when I was smoking, I had a strong run. Kept having to do that. I'm like, why does keep having it? I'll never remember my dreams. <laughs> real goddamn. But that's that one. The, the Mallory Bros. They, I think it's it's something lighthearted. I think you enjoy it. They they're from I think the DMV or Maryland or something. Uh, I think you're liking them as lighthearted, kind of fun. But they they be in that bag. And then the other one that I sent you earlier is the Shop Talk, uh, which is really good. I think that they're from Detroit, and I like how they give it up. And this nigga was telling this story. Oh man, he was talking about like how he used to be like a dirty nigga back in the day. And he was like sleeping with this like sleeping with this one married woman. And the story this nigga told was like nuts, bro. <laughs> like, and of course they talked about the academic. They talk about a lot of shit kind of similar to what we do, but they kind of go a little bit all over the place. But they're really good too. So I say check out one of those, uh, the Mallory Bros podcast or the Shop Talk podcast. That's my uh, homework for you, brother. I got a podcast for you. Maybe we can make next week a podcast episode and talk about some of these. But this one's a more oh, story yeah. podcast like yours. Uh, well, no, it's actually it's not a fictional story, but it's a story based. It's called Crime Town. Okay. Have you heard that? Crime Town. The one with the fist? Crime Town. Make sure. It... Yes. Okay. Have you seen it? I've you seen it? it. And I haven't Season delved two, into it. Based in Detroit? Nope. I think it's about nine episodes. So by the time we roll next week, maybe you had time to listen to all of them. But yeah, Crime Town season two, Detroit. Just listen okay. to that. But I don't even want to give no more away. But it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite podcast ever. Okay. Well, facts. It's been another week in the books, Mo Man. Let's keep knocking this out, giving the people what they want. Y'all be on the lookout for all things on social sites and merch and mm-hmm. all the good stuff here. Really. Really, really soon. We appreciate y'all tapping in with us. I am Spike Lou. Yes, sir. I'm Mar. Yes, I am Mars Hunt. You can find me, Mar. Uh, the underscore conceptual underscore Mars Hunt. Go check out my other podcast, Roll the Audio Drama Series, Three Seasons Strong, baby. Y'all ain't trying to start a revolution. Y'all looking for a restitution. Niggas kill each other every day and ain't no evolution. My partner shot a hundred niggas and it was never proven. We just labeled him a gangster and kept it moving. Let me give you the same. Separate shooting. A white man kill a black. We 
understand when I'm 